welcome back to another episode of the podcast beautiful you i am your host avantika thank you so much for being here with us today today in this episode we de- dwell into boundary setting in relationships as well as workplace we have a beautiful guest with us from south africa her name is mukungu veloi and um she is the founder of advocacy for mental health uh it's an instagram platform that aims to spread awareness on mental health um problems and different aspects of you know mental health in south africa as well so we dwell into a really insightful and really deep discussion regarding uh, how to form boundaries in not just relationships but as well as at workplace and uh, it's a very you know content driven episode and i hope you guys derive a lot of value from it and um, yeah if you guys do let us know what you think about it and uh, let's get started to another episode of the podcast beautiful you i'm your host avantika today we have a wonderful guest from south africa with us makungu baloi uh, is the founder of adred advocacy for mental health an instagram platform dedicated to addressing stigma related to mental illness and to provide evidence based mental health information she is an occupational therapist currently pursuing her masters in mental health in south africa she was recently selected as news 24 top 100 young mandala mandelas an acknowledgement to young people who are making a positive contribution in their fields in the country she has been featured on multiple platforms to talk about mental health such as capricorn fm women radio the fix clothing store mopani district related activities along with her varied clinical experience she is passionate to see people reach their highest potential and thrive in their life welcome to the podcast mukungu it's my pleasure to have you here how are you doing ah uh, thanks avantika for that uh, beautiful bio an introduction. Um yeah, I'm doing well and I'm very excited for the conversation. I hope you're good too. I'm I'm good. I'm amazing and I'm so excited to dwell into this conversation and today's topic will be talk talking about boundaries in workplace as well as in relationships and um it is mm-hmm. something that often forming boundaries is something that often does not come natural to you to anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. It, uh, it it is yeah. considered to be a so- form of self care and um it basically teaches how to access yourself better when you are forming boundaries mm-hmm. it's not necessarily someone mm-hmm. pushing you away when they have boundaries so very excited mm-hmm. to get into this conversation with you to begin with what are some common signs that you lack for boundaries sure i love what you said and I want to highlight that you know we all have a need to be loved and accepted that's like our human need that's the first thing so as i share the list or the the things that highlight that you lack boundaries remember that it's not from a place of judgment or anything but remember we all work towards wanting to be needed or accepted and loved the first sign that maybe you need firmer boundaries is overcommitment so you just say yes to everything you commit and then at the end of the day you either do things half-heartedly without any if energy or you have to like let people down because you can't actually commit because you've maybe double booked yourself and so on another one is difficulty expressing your needs so mm-hmm. you know you don't want to say yes to this you know you don't want to go out with that person you know that you you don't feel comfortable having this type of conversation but you have a difficulty just voicing that out 
Another one is, you know, the obvious is in inability to say no. Um, feeling responsible for other people's emotions. That's another one that you may need from a boundary. So when people are uncomfortable around you, especially if it's not necessarily your fault, you just take it upon yourself to make them happy. Like it's my duty for everyone around me to feel happy all the time. And as we know, humans experience a range of emotions. It's okay for them to feel uncomfortable. It's okay for, for silent, you know, those awkward moments when you're just sitting there in the conversation. There's no need to now fill the void and try and make everything okay when it's not. Sort of allow other people to experience what they're experiencing, even if it's negative, and then deal with your own emotions. So that's one thing, you know, that's another sign that you need firmer boundaries. A difficulty accepting criticism is one. So, you know, if someone just says anything like, okay, good job, but I think maybe just work on this and this, and then you think, oh my word, it's a personal attack. So that's mm -hmm. a sign that maybe you need personal, you know, firmer boundaries. Two last ones is a tendency to be a people pleaser. So um, just constantly wanting, again, back to that owning other people's emotions, trying to, you know, change the situation so everyone around you is happy. And the last one I would say ties into overcommitment is when you're feeling drained all the time. That's because you you keep saying yes. You haven't owned your yes. You haven't owned your no. So you kind of just say yes to whatever comes your way. And that can obviously make you feel drained. So yeah, I hope I explain them sufficiently, but those are more, more or less the signs that you need from your boundaries. That's actually a very exhaustive uh, list and a very informative one. I like that mm. you talked about how uncomfortable it is and um, it's inherently normal for human beings to feel uncomfortable when mm -hmm. they're causing boundaries. So my mm -hmm. next question would be how do you correctly communicate those boundaries or how do firm uh, you know boundaries look like when it comes to in relationships as well as at workplace mm. um i would say it starts with well, well let's start with the communication and then we'll deal with the relationships and workplace mm -hmm. it starts with self-awareness so awareness of your needs your values and your limits so you cannot communicate boundaries for boundaries sake. So meaning I, I don't just say no because I can say no, but I say no because there's a reason, there's something I'm protecting. There's something that I value. So it's important for me to first identify what is it I value in this relationship? Do I value my peace of mind? Do I value maybe love language? I want us to spend quality time together. Do I value my dignity or do I value being seen? What is it that I really value? And at work as well. And then what are your limits? So knowing, okay, not in the relationship, but what is too far in a relationship? How far is too far? Or at work, what am I willing to lay down or sacrifice to get to where I need to be on the corporate ladder? So almost think about what is it that I value? What are my limits? And then from there, you can learn that, okay, how do I communicate them? You need to be clear and concise. So communicating boundaries needs clarity. And there's something about me just rambling and say, you know, about Tika, um, you asked me to do this project. And like, you know, not that I don't want to do it, but there's just something at home. So that you're now over explaining rather than saying, hey, listen, I saw that you've, you've asked me to do an extra task. Uh, I'm unfortunately unable to do it during the weekend. I can look at it first thing next week. 
So when you're concise, the other person's also able to receive your value, which is, you know, not working on the weekend. And then your limit of, again, I only work during my working hours instead of adding all these unnecessary things. Mm. Um, another thing about communicating boundaries is timing. So I can't just go in and because I'm fired up and watch this nice podcast, I'm going to go set boundaries. I need to also say, hey, listen, friend or uh, lover, whoever it is, when is the right time for us to talk? Sometimes you don't even have to make it formal. You can just say, let's go for lunch. We haven't caught up in a while. Or with your boss, when can we meet up? I want to talk about my contract. So also prepare the other person of more or less what you want to talk about. And when you're there, be concise. Look at facts only. So now when we're looking at boundaries in relationships, remember, it's not only for you to take, 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 and for the other person to do what you want. <laughs> um, it's also for you to give. So it's a mutual respect for one another. So as much as I want my partner or my mother or my child, friend, to respect what I value and what my limits are, I need to also be open to hearing what their limits are and if I have respect to them. Because then it wouldn't actually makes it's not a healthy environment where I'm only respected for my bound or my boundaries are respected, but I don't apologize, take responsibility where I have gone wrong. So in a relationship, it's important to state clearly your values and limits, but also respect the other person. Um, in a workspace, I think it's almost easier because then you need a contract. We know by law, there's a contract in the workplace or some kind of role and responsibility that you have to adhere to. So setting boundaries at work would go regarding your contract. Okay, what have I actually agreed to do legally? What am I paid to do? And everything else is above and beyond that. Um, so yeah, communicating boundaries really goes back to knowing thyself, knowing what you value, knowing your limits. And then in relationships, understanding that this is a give and take as well. It's mutual respect and understanding. And at work, it's also about honoring your contract, but also realizing that you're not working in isolation. Yeah. I love that. I love how you so clearly put everything. And um, speaking of, mm. we'll dwell into uh, forming you know, boundaries in workplace a, a while later. But uh, for now, mm. I like that you talked about how it's a give and take in relationships. So we know mm. that our communication styles, our fight styles, our love languages and attachment styles, all of them go hand in mm. hand when it comes to uh, conversing, conversing in a relationship. You are a product yeah. of experiences as well as all these different systems that work with your nervous system. Yeah, so, yeah based on attachment styles, people, people often react differently to their partner setting a certain boundary. Like for example, mm -hmm. if someone has an avoidant attachment style and if there's a boundary, they suddenly feel very scared about it or someone has an anxious attachment style, they suddenly feel like, oh, the partner maybe needs a certain space to perceive their hobbies, let's say. They would be very anxious about it. Why is, it, is this suddenly coming up? And uh, you know, their, their nervous system gets fired up real quick. So how do you mm -hmm. make sure that you put your needs and wants very like assertively and not, it does not mm. while also giving space to your partner to understand where you're coming from. Mm. I like that you've mentioned the attachment styles and also urge um, those watching to continue reading up on them. Mm. And the first thing is self-reflection. What is my attachment style? First of all, 
and how does it show up in this relationship so maybe now my attachment style is avoidant so okay i i, I haven't really researched or been because that's more of a psychological like a, a psychology a psychologist would deal with attachment styles but i know you know from just general point of view that okay with avoidant attachment if i'm in an argument or a conflict situation i would tend to rather dismiss or avoid instead of you know confront and so on so then if i understand how i show up with conflict within a conflict within a relationship then i can communicate that first and foremost so it takes a lot of self-reflection what is my attachment style then communicate that to my partner and so on so that we can both help each other in that situation but i also need to learn how to validate and compromise so by validate, I mean validate the other person. So how do I communicate my boundaries assertively, but also keep in consideration attachment styles? So when someone says, hey, listen, I don't like how you just shut down and you you don't want to deal with the matter when I'm setting boundaries with you, I validate and I say, I can see how this is frustrating for you. Mm-hmm. However, please give me time after every argument to just take a walk and take a breather. So that's a way that you can communicate that to your partner, but also validate the, how your behavior makes them feel. And compromise is something that I think a lot of us are running away from, or we feel like it's almost me giving away. And I want to add that there's a difference between compromise and sacrifice, and none of them are bad. So compromise is we have a common goal for this relationship to work because we value, you know, the partnership or the um, companionship we have together. So we're going to compromise certain things, but not necessarily lose myself in it because a sacrifice is where I give things that I value. A compromise is I work around things, not necessarily things that will change me, but maybe I can just wake up half an hour earlier. That doesn't hurt. That's almost like a compromise for us to meet halfway. But a sacrifice is more of... Could you be compromising while you sacrifice? That could very much be a possible Mm -hmm. scenario. Hmm. That's an interesting one, yeah. Like compromise while I sacrifice. So yes, you can do both together. I just wanted to highlight that a sacrifice would be more of, you know, I really value my time alone after an argument and I want to process. And someone is not giving me that space or I don't have the capacity because everyone is just, you know, so I'm actually sacrificing at this point for other people. And yes, we sacrifice to do it. We do it out of love. We do it because we care. So like parents would sacrifice certain things for their children. It's not wrong to sacrifice, but it's important for you to realize where you are sacrificing, but your partner might be compromising. So you might be sacrificing your dream of becoming a chef or a baker maybe you wanted it in the next two years and you you sacrifice it for a certain goal you guys have together but your partner is compromising because they want a certain thing but to them it's not as big as yours Mm -hmm. so it's important to also realize that are we both compromising together on this what is a sacrifice on my part what is a compromise for my part so you're right you can compromise while you sacrifice it's just important, I think, to realize when you're just giving and giving and it's not reciprocated and to communicate that. So the last thing I'd also say when communicating boundaries is active listening. Um, 
it's important to not just listen and say, okay, I'm listening, I heard you, but this is what I want. I don't want to listen to respond. I listen to empathize and I listen to understand. So when, when I confront my partner and I say, listen, I've been sacrificing a lot in this relationship regarding um, my sleeping time. I know you're working late and I know that you need me to support you, but my sleep is also important and I wake up tired and I think it's a big sacrifice I've been doing the past couple of months. Um, but I also need to hear them out in case they say, yeah, but you also in the mornings make such a noise that I cannot do my work. That's why I wake up or sleep later. Then I also need to say, okay, I'm sorry about that. How do we work through this? Because I also still need my sleep and you need to work. So yeah. active listening, mm, active listening involves, you know, empathy. It involves understanding. It involves problem solving. It's not just listening to keep quiet and listen, tick a box so that I can respond, but it's actually takes a lot of emotional intelligence to apologize, but also still get back to the that's beautiful so when you were talking about um how in a relationship um i like that you also mentioned problem solving as part of it because people often think when it's active listening mm -hmm. you do listen to hear out the other person and you do listen to respond and not necessarily react immediately you're hearing them out you're understanding where they are coming from but it involves problem solving, which I don't think a lot of people talk about as much. So before yeah. that we uh, talked about, you know, communicating uh, boundaries and I wanted to ask what tools can be helpful when it when we try to communicate boundaries in relationships where we are unsure mm. how the person would uh, react to our certain needs and uh, wants. Sure. Um, the first thing... I think the tool you need the most is support. Um, even before you confront the person or have that difficult conversation or communicate boundaries, you need to have someone in your corner. And I'm not saying, you know, 10 people that support you because I, I think the older we get, the more we realize, you know, the, the less our circle. But even if it's just that one friend or your therapist or your mom um, and some people, even their journals, mm -hmm. but just to have a place and I'm going to use a person now that person that knows you for you and also believes in your values that friend I value peace of mind friend I want to be I want to achieve this by the end of the year yeah and I need to communicate boundaries to my partner to my workplace so that I achieve those goals so every time things happen because boundaries are nerve-wracking especially if you haven't said boundaries before you can always fall back to that friend cry to that friend and they can remind you listen i know it's hard i know that you had that argument because of boundaries but this is what you want to do you're living the life you, you're setting so have support number one and another tool i want to add is use i statements when setting boundaries so i statement is basically stating that um instead of saying you are oh, the reason that I'm so behind in life. You called me names. You don't pay me enough at work. I say, listen, um, because I've been called names, I don't feel at peace anymore, which makes me to avoid you when you come home from work. So just that shift in you, you, you to I, how, how it's affected me, allows you to communicate that boundary. 
when someone borrows money and doesn't pay back, instead of saying, you're so unreliable, you don't, you know, say, okay, I have lent money and I haven't received it back, which has caused me to have to um, lend or borrow from other people so I can pay my loans or my, you know. So almost that shift takes down the guard in the other person. Right. Because once I start saying you, 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 now we cannot have a conducive um, conversation and then we end up going, egos go up and we end up fighting actually. So yeah. try use I statements. I feel overwhelmed when you call me names. I feel stressed when I come home and the dishes aren't um, done, etc. It certainly takes accountability to the person who's speaking and when we talk about uh, you did that did this and you made me feel this way it's yeah and that always leads to defensiveness so um mm. to avoid that because when when it when defensiveness comes into the picture when it comes into any conversation we are far-fetched from problem solving we are taking a step back yeah. from it so yeah uh, i statements for that 100 percent agreed it it gives you mm. accountability as well because these are your emotions which you are feeling irrespective yeah. of the yeah. other person's actions so. yeah I love that yeah I really and yeah, you're right like it also makes you tackle this the issue not the person yeah that and is yeah the last mm, the last one I wanted to add is ongoing sort of communication and checking in so boundaries aren't once off it's like riding a bicycle it's a skill so I set a boundary but I, I have to be consistent in keeping it I don't just change the boundaries when I feel guilty or when the other person now starts becoming emotional and then tomorrow we're happy. Boundaries aren't a punishment to other people. They're a protection of your values. Mm -hmm. So when you set a boundary, don't think, okay, I'm going to set a boundary so you, don't, you do what I have to do or what I think you have to do. But rather I'm setting a boundary because I want to protect my peace of mind. Mm -hmm. So with that mindset, you're able to be consistent with setting boundaries like, oh, I feel bad now, but remember, I'm setting a boundary to protect my peace of mind so that I can continue giving in this relationship. So I would say those are most likely, yeah, the top tools, active listening, using I statements, um, and then also being consistent when setting the boundary. Don't just do it once off and then think the other person will adhere. You have to keep reminding people that this is how I am and this is what I've decided to do. Yeah. Speaking of consistency, it's, you know, I've personally experienced this as someone who used to be a major people pleaser. I used to have a very hard time forming mm. boundaries. And in certain cultures, mm. it's often considered to be um, an act of uh, selfishness. In certain cultures, like yeah. India, or even I, I'm assuming even like South African and uh, culture and Indian culture, yeah. similar. in terms of it, when you're mm. forming a boundary, people think you're simply pushing them away or you're being selfish because you're putting your wants mm. and needs first. So yeah. in such cases, especially when it comes to family and friends, how would it be helpful to form you know boundaries better by communicating, especially mm. when you're in a society like that, which um, does not encourage boundary setting at all? Mm. Yeah, I like that, especially in collectivist sort of societies where you know we thrive by being together by you know, sacrificing our needs for the needs of a group. Yeah. And I want to just highlight what boundaries are in this so that the, the listener can understand that boundaries aren't a selfish act, but actually a means that for me 
to give more in the group that I'm in. So even if you're in a society that values the group, that I'm able to thrive in the group by having boundaries. So boundaries define what is me and what is not me, what is my responsibility and what is not my responsibility. So for example, what is me, my emotions, my thoughts, my finances, my beliefs, my body. And so everything that is me, I need to nurture because if I don't nurture this, I'm unable to contribute to the group, right? Or the relationship or work. So with the moment I start expecting someone else to think for me, to feel for me, to exercise for me, because we said boundaries also with regards to your body, to eat healthy for me, then I'm going to wait forever, which means then I'm going to be, I'm going to keep giving from an empty cup. Yeah. So I don't know what my thoughts are. I can't contribute to the group. When I feel anxious, I cannot identify where I picked, because some, some of us sometimes just take other people's emotions, like, okay, they're anxious, therefore I'm anxious. Then I'm unable to actually be able sort of to support the group. So boundaries define what is me and what is not me. So anything that is me, I need to take responsibility for. So if my thoughts are mine, I need to be able to articulate those thoughts. If my emotions are mine, I need to be able to protect myself from anything that changes my emotional state to a point that I cannot give to the group or to family. Because essentially we are social beings. So boundaries are there for you to live a meaningful and purposeful life. But you must understand that you cannot give from an empty cup. So you must protect that yeah. which allows you to thrive. And yeah, people will always take from where they have not been stopped, in other words. So even, even us, if someone kept giving us money and they never said no, I'd keep asking for the money, but it's up to them to say, listen, actually this is a sacrifice from my side and I won't be able to give you that money. And yes, there'll be retaliation and guilt tripping, but we need to always stick true to what makes us thrive and protect that so that we can continue thriving instead of giving from resentment or from an empty cup. So I'd say that's almost the first thing. Understand what boundaries are so you can communicate and you know decipher when people call you selfish. And you say, no, I'm not selfish, but I know if I borrow you half my salary, I will resent you for the rest of my life because I know you won't pay me back. So rather I say no now respectfully and let you deal with that. But I know that, you know, but at the end of the day, it is a choice, but I would say rather know why you're setting the boundary and then be consistent with it. It's going to be difficult. You're going to feel all the emotions. Anger will be one of them. Just that inner, like, I haven't been, no one has stood up for me for so long. You, you usually have an anger, you know, someone who has been people pleasing for very long usually starts getting angry when they start setting boundaries and it's like, I'm changing, this is wrong. But just keep riding that bicycle until you get to a point where you feel more established. Um, and then number three, please get support. Um, there's always that, that one person in your corner, even if it's a therapist or a counselor, but someone who can just remind you that it's not disrespectful to set boundaries in a respectful manner. It's not selfish to have healthy boundaries. It actually allows you to live the life you are made to live instead of living for others. Yeah. 100% agreed with it. I like that you said you can't pour from an empty cup. It reminds me of mm. when you were talking about setting boundaries uh, in my one of my therapy sessions. 
he always emphasizes mm. on the fact that you are a very limited resource you um oh. you think you're unlimited but you're not yeah <laughs> so much energy and only so much that you can pour out of you and some of that needs yeah. to be you as well you know you mm. uh, the like you really cannot pour from an empty cup and uh, sure. try to agreed so, yeah forming boundaries honestly is nothing but an act of self care i mm. so uh, going forward i would actually like to talk to you about how um these things uh because people often go through an emotional mm-hmm. turmoil when talking about when forming mm-hmm. boundaries it often manifests physically as well so there is certain distress sure. that happens because it is an unfamiliar territory so what can one gain mm-hmm. their physical regulation uh and emotional regulation and you know deal with certain anxiety or like if whenever it manifests physically how does one tackle with that yeah and it will um because you know our mind body connection yeah okay so i i just want to yeah highlight almost like the physiology behind it so when you're you know stressed you're in fight or flight fight flight or freeze mm-hmm. so when they say breathe they actually we should actually apply that because it 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 changes that from my sympathetic to parasympathetic where i can rest and digest mm-hmm. so if i'm in that state of panic which will likely happen when you're setting boundaries and then you're like no and then the other person's like what and then you're just like no i'm sorry yes i meant yes you know just that that first two seconds after setting boundaries and all the emotions come in or when people say you're selfish it's most likely for us to change our minds and go back to what we're used to but be aware of what your body is feeling in that moment even practice it before you set boundaries that's why role playing is so important when you're lying in bed when you're alone just practice and it, you know almost visualize all the things that will happen your body let it experience like let your body experience it so that you can identify it when you're setting boundaries that oh this has happened before i'm stressed and then breathe so breathing allows you to actually think through your responses instead of just responding based on that emotion so that's the first thing um that helps when you're setting boundaries in the moment like you're face to face with this person it's okay to just take a deep breath i'd also advise to have maybe a cup of water or something um just to drink because there's that theory or like well it's proven that when you're eating you can't really like you can't fight when you're eating basically but what i mean by this is that state of shock you can't really have if you're chewing something or drinking water so i would say if you're starting out to set boundaries and you're having that difficult confrontation with maybe a parent or a long term friend or a boss have a bottle of water ready so that when you feel like you just want to respond out of emotion or you want to cry drink that bottle of water so self awareness breathing technique just learning how to deep breathe and then also having something close by you know water is best because yeah you wouldn't want to eat while having those things um and then again i'm going to highlight the support always have someone you are going to run back to um even now even if it's an activity so if i know i'm ha- i'm setting boundaries with you this afternoon or tomorrow morning and you're someone who's been my friend for a long time but i feel our relationship you know there's certain things that are and i want to just iron it out maybe let me plan for the afternoon to go and for a run 
right. yeah. or plan a phone call with someone. So for me, then I know I have something to fall back on, even if the confrontation goes well, but it's just something to look back, to look at, uh, forward to so that when the confrontation is done, I have a support. So support can look like a person, but it can also look like an activity or an, you know, something to just not so that I go back into my room and I'm like a ball and a mess. <laughs> so plan something, you know, have support. You can energy, and, and that can also tie into that self-care. So, yeah, you know, forming boundaries takes, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's like riding a bicycle, a lot of emotion. Always have a cushion to fall back to. And then, yeah, just remember that breathe, have something to drink there and um, yeah, keep it concise. The more concise it is, the less emotion involved and the more I statements, the less emotion involved and then the smoother the confrontation. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, everything that we talked about, I absolutely loved. Uh, the parts where we talked about self-awareness and it was mainly focused on the person who has to form boundaries. We, I recently, uh, before you know, recording this episode, I asked on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, the followers if they had any questions to ask you for it, and they did have certain yes. questions. So I would like to dwell into that and um, get their questions answered. The first one was, sure. how do I communicate my mental health condition to my manager who's stuck on me? Who is the manager? Who is? on me oh sure okay um number one i would say first review the the guidelines or your contract um at work and support structures because every workplace is different and some have hr some don't um some you work directly with your boss some you go through you know like so i'd first say review protocol so that you know what is the protocol to take. I know some have trade unions. You can include a third party before you confront. So I'd say that's the first thing. Review the protocol at your work. What is the route or support structures in place? And contact them with your intentions to disclose your mental illness to your supervisor who's tough on you. Because the last thing I'd say you want to do is just tell him or her and there's no third party involved that can protect you should you face discrimination and so on. Um, so I'd almost say don't go alone, um, even if you go to the meeting alone, but just have someone else keeping both parties accountable, whether it's HR, whether it's your contract. And then I would say set up a meeting with them um, to discuss you know, workplace issues and so on. I'm almost like just taking a step back and trying to think for this person whether what is the reason for disclosing. Mm. Um, because I think if there is no reason, like if it's just, or if it's affecting your work and you need to take time off and so on, obviously that would be a, you know, but I'd even say then rather ask the doctor to contact your work, your your boss for you. Um, the psychiatrist or psychologist, they can communicate that you need time off the state and then they can even bring your boss in and then have that mediated conversation. 
So I'm almost, as you can tell, I'm avoiding you just going directly to your boss, especially if they're being mean. It's almost the last thing you want to now say, actually, I'm also vulnerable because I'm, you know, because uh, illness and disability does make you vulnerable to a certain degree. So I'd actually just rather say third party, bring a third party in when you are doing this, that you always have someone who can be a witness. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, um, I hope that helps them uh, as they listen to the episode. Mm -hmm. Anyone else who, uh, you know, is struggling with um, communicating their mental health condition to their managers. The second question is, mm. due to certain personal boundaries, we don't share our personal problems often with others and that sometimes can be reflected on work on any given day. How do you manage those situations, uh, especially when you have conveyed the situations to the other person, but it has not been received well? Mm. Like when you set a boundary and the other person had, didn't take it well. Yeah. And I'm going to say that's most likely what's going to happen um, because we normally don't set boundaries with where things are going smoothly. We usually set boundaries when the my need or limit has been violated. Violated, I don't have a better word for it, but almost just overdrawn, overstepped, and I need to take a stand for it. So I would almost say expect that it doesn't go well. Not that it won't, but almost to prepare yourself what to do when that situation arises. Um, I almost got so caught up with explaining that I forgot the question. Of course, yeah. But um, so it's, you yeah. want me to repeat? Um, yeah, just almost the yeah the question. Of course. So due to certain personal boundaries, we don't share our personal problems, and that at times may reflect on work on a given day. How do you manage those situations if conveyed to the person and is not received well? Mm, okay. I would say, okay, number one, deal with your emotions first. So if the other person, maybe it's your child, I see it a lot with mothers and children where the parents set boundaries or the mother and then the parent feels guilty and changes the boundary because the child is either saying, you're such a bad parent or they're crying. So I'd first say deal with your own emotion and your own guilt and don't take responsibility for the other person's emotion. I'm not saying be mean. You're responsible to the person. You're responsible to, you know, to speak respectfully, to communicate in a way that is empathetic and listen, but you're not responsible for how they will respond. Um, so you need to also be aware when the guilt comes in because guilt is not always informed from a place that is healthy for you. So some of us maybe grew up in environments where saying no was evil and taboo. So we end up saying yes to partners who are abusive um, and so on. So it's just to show, and then I feel guilty for saying no. So guilt is not always informed from a place that is healthy. I need to be aware of that so that I don't change my boundary. Um, so that's the first thing you can do. And then keep it concise. The less you say, the more you actually communicate. Um, almost like if I just say, I won't be able to attend your wedding um, due to financial issues. However, I will. I am hoping to meet up with you later in the year for celebration or something like that. Um, versus, you know, friend, you know, like when I want to add more flesh, 
I actually don't communicate much, but if I'm clear, like, hey, I can only work for the time that I've signed my contract for. Um, I won't be able to work on this project in the evenings, or I'm only going to answer work-related calls after a certain time or not answer. So you communicate more by being concise. And when the other person, mm, when the other person almost, you, when you start wanting to control how they respond, that's when the issue arises. Let them feel, let them cry, let them be angry. It doesn't dictate anything, but just draw a line where now if they start disrespecting because of their anger, but deal with your emotion, calm yourself down so that you're not going back on the boundary because it didn't end well. Okay, yeah. Um, the third question would be, was it was related to automatic uh, relationships. How long do you suppose you wait before you commit to someone um, uh, in a, you know, in a romantic relationship? Mm, like maybe you're in the talking stage and then like how long before you start dating? Or... Uh, yeah, I guess being committed, um, I'm assuming that they mean uh, being in a relationship. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yo, that, that actually depends on a lot of factors because some people might say we dated after a week or committed after a week. Some say after two years and then it's like two years. And then some people say, so, um, I would actually, there isn't a right answer to this. And I know the person's probably going to get frustrated because they wanted like a three month this is the answer. And yes, maybe there is research done that this is the best time to wait. And this, you know, I wouldn't be well versed in what different psychological opinions are about how, when to wait. But I would say when you realize that your boundaries aren't going to be violated in the relationship or you're violating yourself. So I would say the first thing is don't betray what you value when you commit to someone. So if now you're committing because, uh, you know, you want them to feel like, I want them to love me, I want them to see me, and they want a relationship, but I'm not ready, but I will do it because I know that's what will keep them in my life, then you're maybe, you know, overstepping a value of yours there. So I'd say first write down what you value, what is it that you really, you know, hold dear, what makes you you, and how this relationship can add to that. So being in a relationship with this person, because I like them. Okay. And um, what do you like about them? And how do you guys get along? And as you get to know them, I think it's almost that thing of you will know when, okay, it's been a week, but I feel like we have mutual respect for each other and each other's boundaries. We can commit to something and see where it goes. Um, or it's been seven months. We're good friends, you know? So almost just, I think, use your value system as a guide more than like a time of like how long is too short or too long to wait. Um, yeah. Use your, your value system as a guide and where there's violation, I'd say that would be your red, your red flags. Cause we all have different, I'd say like there are red flags, general red flags, but then they're yours. Like, no, this person isn't the right fit for me. So yeah, use your own value system as a guide to know, um, yeah, to navigate and um, just one more thing on that. I want to just take the anxiety off like relationships being the be all end all. Rather take it as let's see where it goes. And this I'm not saying just dive into anything and see where it goes. 
you know, some people say, oh, well, let's just see where it goes, but almost just, just take off the <clears throat> pressure that like, this is the relationship, this has to work, but just, okay, I like this person, they like me, we have the same value system, we don't have the same hobbies, maybe some things we don't get along, but we value the same things. Let's see where it goes. Let's see where this progressed or graduated friendship goes yeah. into a committed relationship. Yeah. I love that. I hope that that helps. I know it's like some re some people say that we should suggest you should wait three months before you get into a romantic relationship with someone. But um, mm. there are some, like you said, there are some people who do it two weeks after they meet. So you just never know. Or yeah. years after they meet. So there is never yeah. a set guideline to uh, when is the right time. You need to assess what your needs are, what your boundaries are, and then take the call accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, before mm -hmm. we start the episode, I would like to do a short role play with you, just as, as an example okay. to understand, um, you know, just because we talked about all these boundary setting, assertive communication, active listening. Mm -hmm. How does that look like when you're actually having a conversation with um? either at workplace oh. or in a relationship so we'll do like two okay. one for workplace one for a relationship um i'll be the, one, good. the other person and you can be the person who's trying to form boundaries uh yeah. okay what do you think about it should we do it yeah yes i love that i think it will make the listeners and the viewers see it practically like yes and uh, yeah it's great yeah all right perfect let's try it Okay, this is pretty impromptu. I do not have any scenario planned. Um, I was thinking, let's say there's a case where uh, both partners are, um, I guess, overworking and uh, mm -hmm. their needs aren't being met. Uh, which role do you want to take up? Uh, would you like to be, mm -hmm. uh, if it, let's say it's a heterosexual relationship, would you like to be the guy or the girl? Mm -hmm. I'll be the girl. I was just thinking. <laughs> I'll be the girl. <laughs> I'll be the guy. Uh, or or we can just be ourselves. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, yeah. so you are someone who is struggling to have your needs met. We both have been very busy. Uh, so let's see how that conversation turns out. Let's say I'm out from... Uh, I, I, I come home from work. We're spending certain time. So how do you initiate the conversation in the first place? Hmm. Hmm. Sure. Um, so I'd say, hey, Han, um, how was work today? Okay. Work well, yeah. well, was fine. It was hectic as usual, as you know, but it was nice. Yeah. How was your, how was okay. your work? Um, yeah, work was interesting. Um, uh -huh. And I, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into it. I actually want us to talk. I've made some nice beef stew or you know that's my favorite meal so I'm just thinking <laughs> I've made us some a nice meal and yeah I know that you know you usually have 15 minutes before you go into work again back into um, the study area so let's just quickly grab some food you need to eat I need to eat and let's just talk all um, right that's how I'd initiate it hmm. all right all right I hear you um, beef stew sounds amazing and uh, I am starving so <laughs> let's get the food and uh, yeah what is it that you want to talk about mm. um, yeah so I've noticed the past couple of months um, you know we've been doing a lot you've been thriving in your career and so have I yet yeah. we haven't been spending quality time together um, and I value quality time it is my love language mm. so it makes me feel 
um, sad because now every, and the impact on it is that I am no longer feeling fulfilled or, you know, my needs are fulfilled in the relationship. Um, full stop. Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming to the note to the listeners here that uh, the partner could either get uh, defensive and be like, what do you mean we don't spend quality time? I, the, any time that I have, it's being dedicated to, you know, our relationship. I'm yeah. doing so many things, uh, you know, going out of my way to make time for you. I don't understand what you're talking about. But here, for now, for the sake of this role play, let's, let's also give an example of how um, a proactive conversation would look like, how a person being, uh, you know, listening to the needs would look like. So in, in a situation like that, what would help, help is acknowledging your partner's, um, uh, you know, uh, needs being like, I hear that. So what I'm hearing is that you think we need to spend more time I know that you value quality time and we haven't, I know we haven't been able to spend as much time lately. We both have been very busy overworked with our careers and um, I do value your opinion and I don't want to, I don't wish to make you feel sad about it. Um, uh, but we both know that we have a very uh, busy schedule. How do you suppose, uh, I, I guess I can take some, I, I guess I can take, you know, the weekends, some weekends off and we could, go for a nice little trip. We both enjoy hiking or any favorite activity that you guys have. So it's like you acknowledge the issue and then you also move towards solving the problem. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So it would have to be, you know, with compromise, as you've mentioned, I compromise maybe like this 15 minutes we have, I can compromise continue cooking and setting up the space. You can compromise not taking calls as you come into the house that we have that 15 minutes to spend. Yeah. Um, but also it can go that way that you've mentioned, like where the partner blames me and I just want and take and take. And I just wanted to highlight from that, that I always remember the value for me is quality time and quality time makes me give into the relationship. So when I don't have quality time with my partner, I end up presenting my partner and withdraw. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's almost like without this thing, I'm unable to fulfill my role in the relationship. Okay. So the boundary to protect my role in the relationship would to, was to spend quality time. So then I still need to communicate that, okay, I hear you and I can see that it's frustrating that you feel I've been just demanding things lately. I can even ask, okay, what is it that you need in this relationship? But I still need to communicate my boundary that, should quality time not be nurtured, I will struggle to give in the relationship. And eventually it might end us, you know, might deteriorate our relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's important to communicate that should my boundary not, you know, like the boundaries value and I can't wait for someone else to, how do I put this? I cannot wait for my partner to maintain the boundary that I need. So I can't wait for him to, to give me quality time for me because it's, it's a me thing. Boundaries define what is me and what is not me. So I need to say, should quality time not be nurtured, I, I language, will then need to maybe take some space from the relationship. So it's almost not waiting, okay, when are we spending quality time? Because if it never happens, then I'm basically just going to sit and rot <laughs> Yeah. in this relationship so i need to set a boundary to protect 
myself from not losing myself in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So it would mean that, okay, should quality time not be met, I will need, I will then not be fulfilling one, two, three roles because then I'm giving from an empty cup. 100% agree. Yes, that is so crucial. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let's example, let's say the if we take an example of workplace and um, you're getting mm. by the amount of work that your boss or your supervisor is giving to you, let's do a short little mm. for that. Um, I think we like, hey, Makungu, okay. this is, sorry, hey, Makungu, this is a, a set of, you know, new tasks mm. that you can assign. Could you get back to us by the end of this week? Hi, Um. sounds like a good deal. Um, I really value the project that you've already placed on my shoulders this week. Um, and I can only put my full effort at by the end of the month into the new project that I'm given. Uh, so I won't be able to attend to it. Yeah, that is actually pretty assertive. Um, you are forming a boundary, mm. so acknowledging the needs for it. It's like, if what if the other person, the superior says, I understand that you are you are, have already been assigned on a new project, but we are also running a little tight on deadlines and I would really appreciate it if you could, you know, get things moving on another project as well. Hmm. Yeah, so I also agree that, you know, the company is growing very well. So these are my um, working hours and this is how much I spend in a day on the project that I'm currently working on. So... I can do the other project. However, I would compromise the quality because I can only contribute eight hours a day. So should you as my boss need both projects handed in by the end of the week, that might mean I'll compromise on the quality of the first one so that it's four hours, four hours a day and so on. And I'll submit it by the end of the week. Um, however, the quality won't be as I usually produce since I can only work on my work-related tasks eight hours a day. Okay. Yeah, so this was one of the examples of how you can sort of make boundaries at workplace. Uh, we are coming mm. to an end of the, um, you know, an end of the episode. Uh, is there anything mm. else that I might have missed out on or something that you would like to uh, expand further or anything to add on to? Yeah, um, I, I really love this. And thank you so much for having me. I just wanted to add, you know, again, or emphasize that boundaries are like riding a bicycle. And think of a skill you've conquered before, like cooking eggs. I mean, that's a skill driving. You know, don't think of a big skill, just something small. And if you've conquered that skill, that means you can conquer boundaries. It doesn't need a certain type of personality. It just needs practice. So as long as you apply the principles of support, getting support, learning how to be concise, communicating what you value, then you're on the right track. I love that. Thank you so much. I had yeah. a blast, uh, you know, having this conversation with you. Yeah. I hope the listeners are able to derive a lot of value from it because I certainly did. And um, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? Um. So I'm available on Instagram or well, available <laughs> My platform's on Instagram at advocacy for mental health. So the number four. And then also on TikTok. But TikTok is Makungovaloi OT. And that's more like general having fun. Um, you know, yeah, I don't always post mental health content there. But mental health content is at advocacy for mental health on Instagram. That's perfect. I'll be linking all of Makungu's um, uh, Instagram down below. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. And Thank you so much for having me.
thank you so much for being here i know you have a very busy schedule so it really means a lot that we were able to schedule the uh, recording and yeah get this out i'm very excited for this to be out and um sure me too <laughs> to all the listeners who are who stick to the to the end thank you so much for being here and um, yeah mukungu's instagram will be linked in the description down below you can reach us out to @beautifulyou.pod on instagram as well as you can find us you can email us we would love to know what you think about the episode and uh, what you want moving forward this will be coming out in october so we are celebrating world mental health day we are celebrating october as mental health month so we are releasing every uh, week we are celebrating a new we are releasing a new episode every week so yeah check that out if you haven't already and uh, yeah if you're listening to this on spotify do give us if you like the episode do give us a five star review it helps a lot with reaching out to other potential listeners and if you're listening to this on youtube you know the drill so yeah thank you so much yeah. for being here I, i will see you guys in the next episode i love you bye